Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Roar. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, and I don't have a co-host tonight because uh, college football is about traditions, and this is the second year of what many are calling the most important tradition in all of college football, which is myself and my co-worker uh, over at UpRocks, Robbie Callen, sitting through and going through win totals for every team in the Big Ten, and of course, I can only do that if I am joined by my co-worker over at UpRocks, Robbie Callen. Robbie, what's going on, brother? Oh, you know fired up college football's back you know we've been uh been waiting a while been, it, it, you know it's been uh it's been a long couple of months since nba season ended for us so yeah uh just excited football back uh excited to get into the big 10 soon to or be the big 18 next year you know last year of real traditional big 10 schools like rutgers in maryland uh <laughs> carrying the torch and uh you know before before all those west coast teams arrive yeah, I'm I'm very excited. We're we're doing this on Friday. Uh, I'm excited to just park it on my couch tomorrow and like get mad that I can't find the USC game anywhere on television. It's it, it's going to be great. This everything is great. Everything in college football is great, and no thing in college football is greater than the Big Ten Conference. I know there are going to be people who disagree with that, and you shouldn't. Uh, the Big Ten this year uh, seems like it's going to have three teams that actually like compete have a chance at winning a national championship and then uh the rest is just a bunch of teams that are projected to win somewhere between six uh five and seven and a half games uh robbie before we dive in any broad overarching thoughts on the big 10 conference i think it's pretty interesting um because i think you have uh, you know michigan we kind of you know we know it's going to be jj mccarthy's team now but you know, Ohio State still has quarterback questions. We don't know who's taking over that team yet. And uh, we're going to find out a lot about Drew Drew Aller. Um, Aller. I had you tell me how to pronounce it, and I still botched it. So No, no, no. I didn't tell you that. You, you figured it out on your own. Uh, anyway, um, going to be going to be his team now in, in Happy Valley. A lot of turnover, new coaches, Luke Fickle in Wisconsin. Um, so it, it, you know, it's it, it, Cade McNamara and Iowa. Can Iowa have any kind of offense? Like there's a lot of interesting stuff just at the quarterback position, I think, which is not always the case in the big 10. Um, so I think from that perspective, that as, as an overarching thing, I think it's a really interesting quarterbacking conference. And we know that is the position that dictates whether you can be a legit contender or not. Yeah, and speaking of legit contenders, there is only one place to start this, and that is with the Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh, That's correct. We're, we're, we're going to go through this alphabetically, and Illinois is the first team that is up alphabetically in the Big Ten. Illinois this upcoming season project uh, – all this is going to come from the fine folks over at Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, Illinois projected – to win six and a half games, uh, lost a couple of good players, particularly off of their defense. Uh, I look at that six and a half, Robbie, and I look at their schedule. They have a manageable two very winnable games in their non-conference before they have to play the best team in the land in uh, the mighty Kansas Jayhawks, and then it's just Big Ten West and. Big Ten West and then Big Ten East flotsam. What do you think about that six and a half? Where do you eventually land on uh, the Illini? Yeah, I think I lean over. Like I think, like I, I, they. The thing is, like it's a it's a good number. I think they're they're staring at mm-hmm. you know six or seven wins. But like you said, they get such a favorable draw from the East. They they only get uh, of the big teams. They get Penn State, and even that's at home. Obviously, there will be heavy underdogs in that game. Um, but they dodge Michigan, they dodge Ohio state. Uh, they are playing Maryland and, uh, who, 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 who else? Who, who am I missing out of that? The, 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 the mighty. So you yelled at me for forgetting about them earlier. Oh, Indiana. Okay. There you go. I, I always, I always, I feel like they play Indiana every year, so I always, I always forget whether they're in the East or not. Uh, shouts to home field apparel, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. So yeah, I mean, like you get a really soft schedule out of the East, and like you said, Toledo FAU as part of your non-con at Kansas is is probably a coin flip game. Um, 
I, I lean over. I, I also like, I'm friends with Tom Fernelli. And so I hear a lot about the Illini, um, get a lot, of, get a lot of texts in the, the punt cast group chat about what's, what's going on down in uh, Champagne. So I feel like I'm just like, it's kind of the same thing with like hearing about Penn state from you. Like I'm just like naturally inclined to be like a little more pro Illinois than I think the average person who has absolutely no other affiliation to that school. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll lean over, uh, again, like just a really nice, favorable schedule. And I, I also am just kind of a pro pro Burt ball guy, you yeah. know, I like, I like, uh, I like tight ends and fullbacks <laughs> and real big 10 football, you know, and he's, uh, I think they're going to, you know, Tom keeps telling me they're going to spread it out a little more, but no. I'll believe it when I see it. I still think bread and butter will be the running game. Uh, they do. They do have guys to replace. Obviously, a couple big names in the secondary. Uh, Chase Brown is gone, so that's a big loss from the the offensive side. But um, still, just I mean, schedule wise, like schedule wise, you can like you feel like you can pencil in like put six down pretty comfortably, and then there's like two coin flip games. You're talking probably uh, what like at Maryland, at Purdue. And at Kansas at are your three yeah. at Minnesota. So like you have those, of those four road games, can you win two? That seems pretty pretty doable to get over. Yeah, I I one thing that I think is really big with Illinois is that they're they're breaking in a brand new quarterback. So yeah. they that like that's a bit of a question for them. Uh, and I think it means the fact that they play that makes that Kansas game. Uh, against a Kansas team that early on. Yeah. Yeah. It plays that on the road early on plays Penn state uh, early on, even though Penn state is breaking in its own new quarterback. That gives me a little bit of pause for that Kansas game. And is why I would probably lean Kansas. I think that's one of the, like, like you mentioned, the games that kind of swing this. Uh, I think they're going to be really benefit from the fact that they know exactly how they want to play. They're going to Mm -hmm. like, with all the stuff about how they spread it out, they just know how they want to do. I like you what they want to do. Like you mentioned, six, seven wins feels right about where it's should be. Toledo yeah, hammering the over. Yeah, Toledo, FAU, Indiana, Northwestern, four win, four games that should be pretty automatic wins, and then hoping to find. My, my thing is hoping to find three, and the rest of those might be a little bit difficult. So, like I'm like you, I'm going to go under but i don't like i'm not feeling particularly strongly about that especially not nearly yeah no the people at the sports books are good at their job um six and a half is a very good number here i don't think you should feel strongly about either side um i I wish i could pick six and a half like can they tie somebody you know tried They've tried. I, I, I watched at all nine they overtimes. Might go, they might go to eight or nine overtimes. I know. I know exactly how hard Illinois wants to uh, tie teams. Uh, if you – Oh, they're going to – oh, your listeners are going to love me. <laughs> never have Robbie back. No, no, it's, it's, it's okay. I think, I, I think people who have listened to this pod long enough uh, have – been made angrier by other guests uh more than you uh speaking of <laughs> speaking of things speaking of things that make people mad indiana football the hoosiers uh <laughs> their number is at four and i think the big problem that indiana faces robbie uh is that they're just terrible uh and <laughs> I, I i know people come for analysis and i don't know how much better analysis you're going to get than that i i see four i look at their schedule Indiana State and Akron are the two games that I think they should be should 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 <laughs> be able to win. Uh, and then the you look, coached by Joe Moorhead. Uh, and then you, you look go. at the rest. Louisville, Louisville is not going to be especially good either. Or, uh, they should be okay, actually. Now that they're going to be fine, they're going to be favored in that game. They'll be they're favored, be favored even, even on the road. Uh, they like the pro oh, so here's here's the big problem i think for indiana is like they're not good well beyond beyond <laughs> being not good is like again your roads the road schedule is tough because those are the games that would be right you'd hope to maybe steal maryland purdue illinois all on the road instead of you know like honestly if you're an indiana team you would rather face you know the you you do go to michigan you do go to penn state but you'd rather flip maybe 
Purdue and Maryland to home games and say like, send us to Ohio state, send us to Wisconsin. Like we're going to, you know, like you're going to be three touchdown dogs there anyway. Like you would rather have the teams that would be closer to a coin flip at home. Exactly. Uh, And the only one they get there is Michigan state. And Rutgers. Okay. And Rutgers. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Like you get those two at home, but like, again, like, the question is, can you see more than four wins? Exactly. Like, I think it's very possible that they push this, but if you're talking about over-under, it seems far more likely that they go three and nine than it is they go five and seven, right? Exactly. And I, I'm, in, I'm in that exact same boat. Uh, quick aside, uh, and this will be the last words we say about the Indiana football team, possibly on this entire podcast. Uh, are you aware of the fact that Indiana uh, has not named a starting quarterback and they are keeping that very close to the close to the chest heading into their season opener, which is against Ohio State? Well, listen, you got to keep the element of surprise. <laughs> You, 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 listen, I, man. you know, the Buckeye, the Buckeyes are racking their brain. What are we going to do? <laughs> we don't know who's starting for Indiana. What? Oh, my God. Ryan Day is in waking up at 3 a.m. in a cold sweat. What if they start the other guy? We haven't been preparing for the other guy. Listen, oh my, my, God. My, my, my dog was bugging me at, uh, at I 4 a.m. I my, my dog was bugging me, bugging me at about 4 a.m. And I took him out well, he, to take... He, to take a leak. And I saw Ryan day and Jim Knowles walking together. Uh, well, here in Jersey's Columbus, worried about it too. Yeah. Jersey's like, who's going to start? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> listen, listen, like I know you're a Penn State, but like Jersey spent his whole life in Columbus. Like he's, he's a little worried about the Buckeyes. He is. He's got to be a little concerned. Yeah. He's a little I'm concerned. Doing, I'm doing everything I can to raise my dogs and Nittany lion fan, but I don't know what they're, they're exposing him to in the heart of hearts. Daycare. At in, doggy exactly. daycare. In the heart of yes. hearts at doggy daycare, they're corrupting him. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> listen, and he's just he's just really concerned. That's why he's up at 4 a.m. It is. He's he like, is. Bill, I, uh, we got to go outside. I got to walk this off. We do. And speaking of uh, concerning college football things, it's time to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa coming yeah, into baby. the season. Seven and a half is the number. Here's the thing. I don't think Iowa is going to be great. But I don't mm-hmm. think you have to be great in the Big Ten West by any stretch of the imagination, Robbie. And I think their gets... defense is going to be exceptional. And I think their offense is not going to be. Limb. Yeah, but their offense is not going to be especially good. But I don't think it's going to be the disaster uh, that it was last year by any stretch of the imagination. And last year's Iowa team won eight games. So I think that mixed with you looking at their schedule, I think I'm inclined to take the over. Yeah, no, I think this is this is an over for me. Um, again, like they dodge Michigan and Ohio State out of the East. They they got to go to Happy Valley. That's a loss. Probably a lot. You probably pencil in a loss at Camp Randall, but that game's always weird. Um, and and we, I, I and love Wisconsin Iowa because it's just yeah. It's like it's it's that to me. It's like a very like pure, uncut Big Ten football. Well. Well, here's the thing. A lot Wisconsin, of linemen. That, the that's, that's the thing. I think we'll, we'll talk about them more in a bit. I think Wisconsin sure. might be the most boomer bust team in the Big Ten this year because they are bringing it. They're, they're, they have played Barry Alvarez ball for so long. Now they're right. bringing in Luke Fickle. Now they're bringing in Phil Longo. Now they're bringing in Tanner Mordecai mm-hmm. to play quarterback. So, like, it's very possible we get to that game and we're talking about Wisconsin as, like, this juggernaut i also wouldn't be shocked if we get to that game and wisconsin like are just a team in the middle in the middle of trying to establish an identity so yeah those those are the two games on the schedule that seem to me like we can pencil in losses uh penn state and wisconsin but other than that like iowa should have at the bare minimum yeah they if this is a 10 win team i wouldn't be stunned yeah i mean look at i mean just look at who they get at home Western Mm -hmm. Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers. That's seven games. That's oh, and Utah State is at home. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's eight games that you will be favored in if you're Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, they got to go to Iowa State, but Elastico is always weird. Always weird, and you always have a good shot in that game. And you know, Matt Campbell fraud watch. We don't know who's going to be on Iowa State because all of their players are getting suspended for gambling. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, kids. 
<laughs> Kids, sports books track what you're doing. <laughs> you have to I lo- send I them really your- love. I really love like how many folks you have to send them your driver's world, license how many folks in the sports world seem to think like <laughs> they, they do that for show and they're not like keeping track of that information here's yeah. the thing the one thing sports books rely on is the idea of fairness mm-hmm. the the only thing they care about the only thing is the idea that you have an edge because once that happens then the whole charade comes down and it looks you know and like it's bad mm-hmm. for business so like that's the one thing they're on the lookout for kids yeah don't especially don't bet espe- on your own team especially especially, especially if you're these, gonna win and you bet yes. on them to lose that's my favorite part all, all of these all of these books and all the organizations that are like getting into bed with the books are doing it in large part because they can then say look at how seriously we're taking this by cracking down on any like bit of impropriety that happens yeah. and as a re- yeah and as a result like if nfl players are getting nabbed for not doing this far enough away from their practice facility what hope do you think you have 19 year old walk on tight end at iowa state also it, yeah. you're in iowa they don't have to track as many people <laughs> There's just not many people in the state. There's like, oh, there's like 10,000 people in the state. Like, what are you like? What are you afraid of? Yeah. Well, I think, what do you think I, you're getting away with? Where are you hiding? Where are you hiding? There's not that many they, people betting in Iowa. <laughs> Grow up. Uh, and anyway, I think, anyway, I, I, th- I think over. that anyway, Iowa, Iowa over, over is the moral of the story. I think we, after that, uh, that little, um, aside to talk about gambling we should get back to talking about gambling and Mm -hmm. there are a few programs that i think gamble more just in general than the maryland terrapins uh maryland coming in this season their number is seven Mm -hmm. and i i like that number like in terms of just like i think that's right i think this is Mm -hmm. the schedule lends itself to seven i think Mm -hmm. the element of variance that Maryland puts into every game because of how much and how ruthlessly they throw the ball mean, Mm. I think I'd lean over, but this, this is a tough one. Like you go through their home schedule, the home schedule is where to start Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, three wins, Indiana, four wins, Illinois should be a win. There's five. They get Northwestern across the conference. That should be six. They play in the Rutgers, even at Rutgers, that should be seven. A and deep, then you look, a deep hated rival. That they came into the conference at the same time just, for a reason. Just a century of history and hate. They they I wrote I wrote loved, listen, listen, as somebody who has ridden the train from Baltimore straight through <laughs> Piscataway. It's just they just you know the trains by rail the birthplace. The birthplace linked by rail. Football. You That's just right. you can just hop on the Amtrak from <laughs> Straight from College Station. Anyway, I'll go. I, That'd I, be a great. Say, by the way, yeah. by the way, train travel to college football games would be incredible. You could get so drunk on the way. Mm-hmm. Robbie doesn't like, drink anymore, do so he's saying that for all of you. I don't. Yeah, no, that's not. For, that's not for me. That's just for the people. <laughs> you know, for the good people of College College Park, not College Station. Jesus Christ, Robbie. College Park. Uh, you know, hop on that train north. It's like two hours. Yeah. It's nothing. It's a breeze. Love it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, are you also feel th- this is what happens when me and Robbie talk about anything. Uh, so just uh, informing, informing the people. It's fine. This is what happens. Uh, uh, yeah. You're seven. A push. Yeah. No push feels yeah. really good here. Um, I think I lean under cause as I was doing this, I realized I probably had too many overs for feeling correct. Makes sense. Um, so I think this got me to like eight overs and six unders by just saying under, but I think pushes, where I really fall on this one for all the reasons you said, again, a really fairly, fairly soft schedule in terms of opportunity. Um, like Virginia is just not, not a very good football program right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting that as your power five non-con is pretty good. And uh, yeah, like it's helpful getting Illinois at home, uh, helpful getting Indiana at home. Northwestern is going to be, We'll, we'll get there. 
Um, (laughs) Again, the thing is, though, they are so prone to being able to be upset because Mm -hmm. of the way they play. Like you said, they are also prone to putting somebody on the ropes. You know, like it's not going to be it's they're just not a fun team to play if Talia has it cooking. They're, but they're when he's when he's thro- when he's under pressure, then that ball starts to sail a little bit. Then interceptions mm-hmm. happen, and then suddenly they find themselves down fourteen to, you know, Indiana Ruck or somebody like that. Like that happens to Maryland football, and like, so I just worry about like where's that eighth win coming. So I feel like push, and I feel like just for me, they feel like a team that also gets like snake bit too in mm-hmm. weird ways. Um, whether that's injuries or whether that's just like weird bounces, bad, just like a pick six here that shouldn't have happened, but does. And it's like, I just feel like they are a program that ends up losing a game. They shouldn't. Uh, and I know that's not great analysis. It's just like, but you know, vibes based analysis is what I do. Uh, and that's Maryland football to me. Our program is at a point finally where we can say, Jesus Christ, go away. Uh, basically, Michael, I'm trying to read Michael Oxley's quote from the Big Ten Media Days, where he said, Maryland, it's time for Maryland to start competing for Big Ten championships. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, uh, it's bold to put that expectation on yourself as a coach. Not sure yeah. I would have done that. I probably would have waited at least a year until I was no longer in the Big Ten East. Yeah, like just or, just hold that quote until you're not guaranteed to see the three best teams in the conference. Or you you say you something know, like that after you whoop up on Towson, Charlotte, and Virginia, and Indiana, and possibly Michigan State, and you're five and zero, and you're trying to you know get the people fired up for that game against Ohio. It's in Columbus, but get people fired up for a game against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's when you throw it out, not before the season starts. When, like you mentioned, Indiana. Not Indiana, Mar- Indiana too. Maryland's a team that just always seems to have something like go horribly awry. Like yeah. they have, they are a team that wants to throw the ball a million times and has a terrible offensive line. Like they're, they're, they're a wonderful football program for reasons that um, they probably don't want to be wonderful for. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next team on this list, uh, hail to the victors, the Michigan Wolverines. 10.5, Robbie. Mm. Uh, are you mm. concerned at all that not having Jim Harbaugh for the first three games of the season will hurt them in their efforts to hit that number? I mean, look, you, you got to be a little concerned. Uh, you know, they got to the, the host East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. I mean, they really, they really are testing the, the waters here. Um, Scott Leffler, I think the, the revenge the, game, anyone? Hey, listen. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. Scheduling ECU a number of uh, listen, it doesn't work well for ACC schools. Yes. Now, that is usually because ACC schools do like home and homes mm-hmm. and end up having to go out to Greenville. And that's a scary place, but like listen, ECU early in the season tends to scare somebody. I don't think it's going to be Michigan, especially in the big house. Like, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I did literally cackle when I saw the graphic with Jack fucking Harbaugh <laughs> as an associate head coach in Jim's absence. Oh, God. I don't know if I can They're even cuss to... on this podcast, but like. I, I think our listeners are will you, get it. Are you, like, are you kidding me? We're just we're just getting dad out there on the sidelines. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I appreciate I appreciate the restraint not to say Jack is going to be interim head coach for all three games because like you know it crossed his mind. If you are UNLV and you see that Jim Harbaugh takes you so unserious that he split head coaching duties by half, with one of them being his son, how how? How are you not going into that game thinking like I, I, I am not condoning this by any stretch of the imagination? How is no one on UNLV going to be like I, I'm going to get ejected for targeting this? <laughs> I mean, listen, um, listen. You know, Michigan's about to start playing a bunch of games on NBC. 
<laughs> Jim's Jim's just you know it's a it's a it's the network of fail sons. Um, he's just getting he's just getting in the mood in the spirit. That's hey, all. You can, who do you mean? Who do you mean by fail sons on NBC, Robert? There's really only one. I don't want to. Uh, uh, no Eagles, great, but um, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> gr- grow up with putting Jack Collinsworth on my television <laughs> multiple times a week. Uh, yeah, uh, every everything Robbie is saying is correct. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Michigan over ten, is ten and a half. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, they uh, their their floor their absolute floor is ten. ten wins, and like I I think they they just have Ohio State's number to such Jim, an Jim Jim Harbaugh has yeah. Ryan Day just in the in a figure four at midfield by the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, I so really at all. Also, the reason I'm excited is, like, if Michigan beats Ohio State again, and especially if it's, like, by two touchdowns, we -hmm. are getting Ryan Day hot seat talk. And I know that will be a holiday. I know that will be a holiday for you. You'll have to celebrate quietly given your familial – your relations, but – Yes. Um, I, I think, I don't know if I've told the story in the pod before, but I was, uh, I was out of town for the Ohio state Michigan game this past year. And I drove back to Columbus on the Monday and the nanosecond I got within the radio station, like area, I threw it on and oh my God, the number of times someone started a sentence by conceding that Ohio State's coaches know more than them and then saying the word but was in the double digits. It was the fun. Like a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are uh, Philadelphians, so they have an idea of how unhinged sports talk radio can be. But it, it, it's it's good, especially uh, especially because there is a non-zero chance. I don't think it will happen, but there's a non-zero chance that Ohio State loses to Penn State and Michigan this year, Correct. which like World War II will three will break out over that. World War II is broken out over other <laughs> World, War, uh, World, World War II yeah. is coming back. <laughs> uh, Honestly, Jesus. World War One. We're getting in the trenches. <laughs> Trench warfare is coming back to Columbus, putting like landmines out. They, tanks. A, a lot of a, a lot a lot We're of taking people, it back to I, 1918, I, baby. It's 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 not an uncommon take around here uh, to hear people compare Ryan Day to Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and I think on that <laughs> note, it's time to start talking about Michigan State football. Uh, Michigan, I also have oh, the Michigan boy. over this year. Uh, Michigan yeah. State four and a half, and there, Dude, Robbie, there are a lot so of teams. Low. There are a lot of teams on this schedule that going into the season have a little number next to their name. Dude, so yeah, like. They have a lot of like they they have a tough schedule obviously because they get Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. They have to go to Iowa, which like loss. Uh, they bring Washington into town, which probably not going to go real well for them, uh, as it didn't go well in Seattle last year. Like they've got a lot of hard games, but they like you also look at this and you go like. There's got to be five on here, right? But, like, I don't know. Like, Central Michigan, Richmond, win-win. At Indiana, should win that game. Should. Should win. On the road, though. At Rutgers, eh, should? Yeah. I think should. I think should. And then, like, at Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, like, they'll be dogs. I don't know. Like, Four and a half seems so low, but like the one thing I will say, because the over is like heavily juiced, I think like I think it's like one eighty. Yeah, I uh, I think I think I'd just go under based on value because there's a real chance they only win four games, and you're getting plus value on the under. To me, that seems pretty good. Like I get why the books won't go to five because if you go to five everyone's hammering the under and like mm-hmm. the book is just hoping for a push. Cause like five wins is possible, but that's like the ceiling. Yeah. It uh, feels what, what, like it feels like now they could, they could nip Maryland, Nebraska, Minnesota. Like they're going to have a chance to win more, but mm-hmm. it seems like, listen, NF, NF tuck is struggling. Yeah. I mean the, the, the pendulum kind of swung it. Th- that's right. The, 
pendulum kind of swung backwards on them in 2021 when they won 10 games they were just like incredible at winning close games yes. and last year uh you you look through their schedule they just they had a, they had a two overtime loss to indiana in there but otherwise mm-hmm. it was just not a lot of close game every other loss was by at least double figures so i, I i'm i'm just kind of taking the over again because you just kind of have to. It is worth mentioning that game against Penn State. They gave up a home game there to play that game in Detroit, Michigan on Black Friday, which I don't Old. think was the right decision. But yeah, Old. they get Michigan in uh, East Lansing, which Michigan should Michigan should win that game by about thirty five points. But it's Michigan State in East Lansing against Michigan, and mm-hmm. uh, our our sweet baby boy Brad. We've seen what happens uh, in that game. But yeah, then. Like you mentioned, they're not beating Washington. They're not beating Iowa. They're probably not beating Michigan, not beating Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Five losses on one side, four wins on the other side, and then just hoping for the best with everybody else. I'm I'm going over, but that's just because, like you said, this seems far too low. Um, let's see. It Next seems up. low, but like again, like with the yeah. the juice, like I don't want to be. I, Thing is a stay away from me, but like I think just value wise, I take the under because like I do see a path to only four wins, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then and then Matt Ishby is in the mud. Yeah, ooh boy, because um, he's got to pay a luxury tax fine in in Phoenix, and <laughs> then he's got to come up with a buyout for Tuck. Uh, here's a team I don't have much of a feel on the Minnesota golden Gophers. They're projected to win seven or the number is seven here. Yeah. Uh, I have no read on them other than their schedule. They get Ohio state and Michigan across the conference and mm. they have a trip to North Carolina. Like mm. that is just a brutal, brutal a draw bad, for them. Tough schedule. That's basically why I'm going under uh, mm. because I just like, I would not be surprised. They have five losses base should have five losses basically baked into this. So, yeah, so then it's, it's just, will it's they just, lose one other? Yeah. Like, I mean, you look I'm at it there. and it's like, so to get over, they would have to beat one of Iowa on the road, Michigan at home, North Carolina on the road, Ohio state on the road or Wisconsin at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe Wisconsin is, is the most likely of those. Uh, because of what we said, but like, I, I like Wisconsin this year. Um, like I'm actually excited to kind of see what they can do when they open things up. Cause like Phil Longo offenses put up points. I'm interested to see what the trade-off is defensively, but fickle can coach up a defense. We know that. And like Tanner Mordecai, he's going to have some mistakes, but I think against mediocre teams in the big 10, he's going to carve up some secondaries. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll get to that later, but yeah, man, it's like, Seven feels like the ceiling, and that's not good if that's your win total. So yeah, you I think under is pretty comfortably my play there. Yeah, also, there's been some weird stuff about like maybe not the greatest stuff coming out about PJ Flex tenure. Yeah. Uh, some weird stuff lingered like after the Northwestern stuff. There was just some weird stuff that floated out, and I don't nothing ever really happened with it. But it was just like didn't really like what I was hearing i guess on the interwebs yeah and, and obviously there's no way of knowing for sure how that stuff is sure. ever going to impact the team but like real cult help. leader vibes with him mm-hmm. um and it it's it's help. very possible it's very possible we get to a point where we get to the the stretch that's basically going to define this michigan state illinois and purdue that should be the stretch that kind of defines their season because we could probably we could pencil in Eastern Michigan, Northwestern, Louisiana's wins, Iowa, Michigan, North Carolina is losses, Nebraska, God knows what. So they're either entering that stretch four and three or three and four, and there are two losses at the very end of it. Like it, just a lot of things. Even though Minnesota should be a, a reliable team, so many things have to go right. I think you, the under is just the play in this yeah. situation, yeah. but yeah. Who, who, whoever knows it's PJ flex. So it's very possible that he gets the boys up to Fired up to up. play in one or two of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, they could pick one off, but like, again, you just have yeah. to, to, to take the over. You really have to believe they're getting at least one upset and not faltering in a game. That's yeah. a coin flip. Like that's the hardest thing is like, 
they could win one of those games. They could go down mm-hmm. and beat North Carolina. They could beat Wisconsin. But then they also can't stumble against anywhere. You know, at Purdue or Illinois or you know, I mean, look, we've seen some belt teams come up and, and nip a Big Ten West team. We've seen mm-hmm. it happen. You don't yeah. fall asleep on Louisiana. They're not a bad program. Yeah. You can't sleepwalk through that game. Anyway. Speaking of things that you shouldn't fall asleep on, it is time for the podcast to make a little bit of money by talking about Home Guild Apparel. Uh, Official sponsor of the podcast, if you are uh, a longtime listener, you already know exactly what they are. If you are not a longtime listener, you probably know what they are. But if you don't have any clue what they are on the college football uh, podcast you're listening to, uh, they are a uh, premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. I am probably going to get some kind of... uh, text or dm saying that i've been too mean to indiana at some point this season because they uh, are started by an indiana fan they are big 10 born uh born and bred uh their shirts are they all their stuff their shirts their hoodies their joggers you name their uh crew necks comfortable unique the designs are really cool uh i have plenty of penn state stuff in my closet but you know robbie is a really good example uh robbie if you would like to take two seconds to help us make a little bit of money uh what are some of your favorite things that you own from homefieldapparel.com i have a purple ecu hoodie that just says pirates and script across the front it's glorious uh i have saint peter's joggers they're quite nice love all the joggers uh yes I think I might have a Hawaii jogger. Two lane joggers, two lane joggers. Because you know the the wave, the wave is always great stuff. Uh, and then obviously my Georgia State collection. Love my Panthers. So uh, yeah, Panthers. home field makes great stuff. And I'm I'm intrigued by all, by the new bomber jackets. I'll say that. Um, yes, check Dave, those well, out. I my uh, my brother in law is a big West Virginia fan, and I sent him. Uh, one and basically said, Hey, you should purchase this and you should not tell my sister that you're doing it because she will get mad at you uh, for spending money on something that would actually look quite nice. Uh, if you would like to spend money at Home Field Apparel, uh, there is a nice. whole lot of, yes, Home Field Apparel, a lot of stuff uh, for Penn State, for other schools. If you were a fan of other schools, fan of their designs, whatever. If you're a new customer, use the promo code RLR23 to get 15% off of your first order. Again, if you are a new customer, use the promo code RLR23 for 15% off of your first order. Thank you again to Homefield Apparel for sponsoring the podcast. Let's dive in to talking about a program that I don't particularly like, coached by a uh, man who I think to be a turbo fraud. Uh, that would be Mr. Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Robbie coming into the season, Nebraska number is six. Where do you think uh, you land on their over-under? This is another one where I think push is most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think six and six is probably where they end up. I mean, look, the, the schedule's pretty soft. They go to Colorado to see Coach Prime and a and and his merry band of transfers. Uh, Northern Illinois, La Tech, but they don't have to go to Ruston. If they were going to Ruston, I'd be a little concerned. <laughs> Uh, they, don't, they don't have to go down to Ruston, Louisiana. They'll be fine against La Tech, I think. Um, get the Terps, get Northwestern and Purdue all at home. That's, you know, that's all doable. I, look, I, I, I kind of lean over. Like, I get what you're saying, but this yeah. has been, what, a team that's been living on the knife edge for so long on the wrong edge of it. Um uh, like just losing so many close games that I know, like I know you're not a Matt rule guy, but I will say, I think he's an upgrade in terms of game management over Scott Frost, which is not a high bar to clear. Well, the the issue, the issue was that whenever, whenever they would get into a close game under Scott Frost, like the camera would pan to him on the sideline and you could tell that he was just like, but why aren't you letting us win? Oh, this sucks. And then that just like, that like, that like goes down to your team. Your team ends up permeates throughout everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and Matt rule for as much as, you know, as many things I don't like about him, like he's, he, he is the Ted Lasso thing about him. Right. Yeah. Like he's never going to be like that in that kind of situation. And like that, that helps, that helps considerably over 
turning over to the sideline and watching your coach who like doesn't believe that anything good is ever going to happen to your football team. Just pouting on the sideline and, you know, anytime there's a call or it's just, yeah. Uh, Listen, hey, you start analyzing body language, you're going to get a cease and desist from uh, Mr. Simmons. But um, (laughs) I had to hit you with that. Uh, But yeah, I think, I think, I think I lean over with a push as the most likely here um, just because the schedule offers a, a, a pretty good one. And I just, I'm not real high on anyone else. And, and there's still like, I, I, in theory, there's some talent there. I don't know. Like, yeah, I just don't know. Like, I feel like Scott Frost to me is like a, like a Wario version of Cliff Kingsbury. Where it's like, where it's like he was given, a, like he kind of he he succeeded with somebody else's guys down at UCF. Like when he like those were those were not all that was not all his work. Yeah. Um, and then he he had to go do all the work and like truly build a program and build a culture, and like he was just like I, I don't know. Yeah. What should we do? And like nobody had an answer. And like, I say Wario because like Cliff Kingsbury is like the cool vibes guy, but like that was a problem because he was trying to be too chill vibes guy. And like Scott Frost is like really dastardly, like energy to me, like just constantly. And so I think that trickled down to the team. And so I think Matt Rule just like naturally give them a bit of a lift of like like you said, like some confidence and like, we have an identity. We're going to do this. I don't think he's going to like, I don't think anybody's bringing Nebraska back to prominence. It's not 1996 anymore. Like it's just not going to happen. You can't go run the triple and win like that. Like they should, maybe they should go run the triple. That'd be cool. But yes. um, Anyway, I digress, but yeah, I think just in year one, like I know there's some tough spots, but I don't know. Like, I just, I just think they've got a chance to at least flip some of those results that they just always came out on the wrong side of. Like, it was like impossible how many close games they lost over the yeah. last couple of years. I, I, I think push is the most likely. I probably lean under just because I have such a bad read on like what this team is going to be. Sure. And that I, I don't want to, uh, that I'd rather take the more conservative answer. The thing that interests me is like, I think they beat Colorado because like, God knows what the hell color, like for all the questions I have about Nebraska and what they are going to be, Lord knows what the hell Colorado is going to look like. It's very possible that a three and one Nebraska team that like, or potentially even a four and O Nebraska team, depending on what happens against Minnesota is hosting Michigan to, to end the month of September. And, I'm just very interested in what happens in that game because if they can manage to keep that one close, put a scare into Michigan, I could see that kind of lifting them up and making it so, you know, they have three, four wins. Illinois is a lot more manageable. Northwestern Purdue, Michigan State, a lot more manageable. I'll take the under, but I, I would be, I wouldn't be stunned at all if I end up being wrong on that one. Um, one that I'm pretty confident that I won't be wrong on, Robbie, is. We're going to take a little drive over to Evanston, Illinois for the Northwestern Wildcats where the number is three and a half. And too high. I, that's too high. It's too high. <laughs> they're, they're going to be bad. Yeah. I mean, aside from gesturing at everything that has gone on with them this past off season with Pat Fitzgerald and, Everything. Yes. This is a bad football team to start with. Very bad. Then you add that, you know, now there's probably at least a little fracturing in the locker room where you have probably some guys that didn't like what was going on and you had some guys that were kind of bought in on the quote-unquote culture, which was not great. And you got coaches. It's just – it all seems – bad like the guy now leading it is the is the defensive coordinator they brought in from the outside but they still have a lot of guys that were on Fitzgerald's staff from those days 
-hmm. who are like wearing shirts supporting. It's just yeah. not good there. And then they also sucked last year. Uh, they had the, mm -hmm. the big win in Ireland, which in hindsight is hysterical now. Yes. Um, given what happened, they haven't tackled anybody in like two and a half years, which was the first sign of problems. I was like, oh, this was like the one thing that Northwestern was good at. The fundamentals. Was, was like fundamentals on defense because that's literally what their coach was, was like a walking, like fundamental middle linebacker. And they couldn't tackle for two years. I don't think that changes overnight. I don't think the roster got a whole lot better overnight. Mm -hmm. And they also don't, they also get their like the the winnable games are on the road. Well, you got to go two Rutgers and two Duke. It's like Duke's going to suck too, but Duke beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, that that was what I was going to say. Is when your number is this low, you mm -hmm. need to be able to take care of business in your non-conference. And mm -hmm. the thing with their non-conference this year is that Howard, they should be able to beat. Mm -hmm. Duke comes into this season number 55 in SP+. They they aren't going to be great, but they should be like, you know, they, they should be better than oh, Northwestern. And they yeah. get North, yeah, and they get Northwestern at home. And then UTEP, they're not good. They're 117th in SP+, coming into the season. Northwestern is 83rd. It's not a guarantee that Northwestern is going to beat UTEP this year. It is very possible they get through that first stretch of three games and are one and two. And then they need to win three more football games out of Minnesota, Penn State, Howard, at Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, at Wisconsin, Purdue, at Illinois. And I just don't think they can do that. No, they're just a bad football team beyond everything else that you can say about what's going yes. on there. And they don't have a favorable schedule, even though like it's not a hard non-con for like an average big 10 team would smoke yes. this non-con, mm -hmm. but for a bad big 10 team, like there's two potential trip ups, one in particular on the road against the ACC school. And then another against like, like you said, UTEP's not good, but the gap is they, they the can the, the gap isn't what it should be between a Big Ten team and the the, the great miners of El Paso, uh, who you can watch in Week Zero. By the way, I fired up for that. Jacksonville, Jacksonville State, State Rich Rod's yeah. back, baby. <laughs> Rich Rod is back in college football at a FBS level. I'm fired up. Uh, by the way, for anybody anybody looking for a little Week Zero play, hammer the Gamecocks plus one all day. <laughs> All day. Who's going to care about week zero more? UTEP having to go play Jacksonville State on the road or the team making their FBS debut? Gamecocks. It, it, it's got to be the Gamecocks. Gamecocks. Uh, moving anyway. on. The Ohio State University. Their number is at 10 and a half. They have a weird... They have a weirdly tricky schedule. They, they have to go to Notre Dame, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and Michigan, and then mm -hmm. Penn State at home. Mm -hmm. I think they will take care of business against everyone except for Michigan. But mm. would you be shocked if we are talking about an eight-win Ohio State? I, I would be fairly surprised. I don't think it's like the most inconceivable thing on the planet. I mean, I, I definitely don't think nine or ten is out of the realm of possibility. I, I, yeah. Like eleven, like the margin for error is so thin at ten and a half wins, mm -hmm. especially when you're like, and maybe they're doing something weird, trying to slow play it. Maybe they're worried about Indiana. I don't know about the quarterback situation, but like they don't. The fact that nobody's popped, and they can say it's because everybody looks good. But the fact that one of their guys hasn't popped through camp, given the history of quarterbacks they've had, has to be, like, mildly concerning. Yeah. And, like, I know they're super talented. Like, Ohio State doesn't have quarterbacks that don't come in, you know. They don't get guys that aren't talented. But there's a difference between that and a guy who can go out and, and make you a national title contender. Mm -hmm. And so – yeah, man, like that's a tough schedule. I I think 
I mean, I'm excited to see what Notre Dame looks like with Sam Hartman because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that does. But like, if you give, if Notre Dame has any receivers, like they could be kind of dangerous. Yeah, especially especially if you have to go there. Especially if you have to go there. So, and like you said, Wisconsin, we don't know exactly what they're going to look like. But again, they could be, if you catch them on the wrong day, they're going to light you up. If you catch mm-hmm. them on the right day, you might be in the 20. Like, yeah. that, I think, like you said, Wisconsin such a high variance team. But there is that outcome that they lose that. Penn State, Michigan, obviously are tough games. Getting Penn State at home helps. Yep. But yeah, man, uh, I think I think I lean under on Ohio State just because – Man, it's tough to it's tough to go eleven and one with that schedule. I, I'm taking the over just because I live in Columbus and accept the inevitability of Ohio State. But I That's don't fair. blame anyone. I don't blame anyone for not doing that. Uh, moving, we we can make this one quick. Moving on to Penn State nine and a half. Um, I think this is when I saw that number. I thought it was insane. I think they're a, at bare minimum a ten win team. I think the over is like really juiced here. Um, I, yeah, it's I, I think it, yeah, I think this is should be a very easy just looking at the schedule, I think this should be a very easy over. Yeah, I agree. I mean non con is not difficult, especially given West Virginia is not in a good place right now. Uh yeah. Neil Brown's still there for three more weeks. And do you know who's uh, the most surprised about that? Neil Brown. <laughs> that buyout must be a little too juicy. <laughs> It's for uh, for the boosters out there in Morgantown. They they have uh, oil and natural gas. It is not that juicy. Yeah, I mean, look, like the thing is, is like if Penn State can split the Michigan Ohio State games, then they yeah. cruise to the over. If they lose both of those games, they still got a good shot. Yes, that's all you gotta say. Anyway, we'll move yeah, on. I, and they get Iowa at home instead of having to go to Kinnick. That's big. Yes, that's that, big. That, get, getting Iowa as the as getting Iowa not getting Wisconsin and Iowa being home is huge. Yeah, and like that, they they've generally performed really well in night games against Iowa at home over the years. Mm-hmm. That you know that game, the first game being an eleven a.m. kick against Illinois is not going to be fun, but like they should be able to get out of that one. Is that um, a sleep, uh, where, what? Is that a Big that? Ten Network? A, that's a Fox game, baby. I think that I don't big know. Big noon? They, I don't. I, I'm. It, it's big noon, baby. Oh, baby! First game, first game since the, first game since nine overtimes. It, it should be fun. Uh, and then, <sighs> listen, Mar- Maryland. Like we mentioned, they're the high variance team. I'm not too worried about it. I watched last year's game. Penn a State heated, lived in their a vacuum. heated rivalry. If you're a Maryland fan, yeah. Uh, so I think Penn State should be okay there. Michigan State, like I said, for some reason, they gave up a home game to play this in an NFL stadium. So I, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Purdue, boiler up, five wins is the number here. Uh, they, they Looking at their schedule, this looks like a five-win schedule. Uh, yep. Again, they got – they got Ohio State and Michigan, along with Indiana, which it's they're always going to get Indiana. But they got Ohio State and Michigan as their uh, crossover games. Syracuse is going to be annoying. Virginia Tech not going to be particularly good, but going to but you got to go to Blacksburg. Never ever Fresno fun. State's not a bad football team typically. Not sixty eight. Like in a, that's it. This is who I don't know who was in charge of scheduling here, but like they did not do old Ryan Walters a whole lot of favors here uh did jeff brom have any sort of connections to fresno state because if so then it makes sense if he didn't then this doesn't be make really sense. Fun. yes uh but yeah i i think they're going to be uh they're in a transitional season they lost their quarterback they lost their top wide receiver they're they're probably going to be in a in a little bit of a um rebuild rebuild I think in, the, a, in a rebuild nice... trying to yeah Nice way to phrase it. They're they're bringing in again a brand new head coach, a first time head coach. Everything here just points to this being a team that is going to use this season to kind of get their bearings about them. And for that reason, I think push lean under. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like basically to go over, they got to at least get two of the three out of that non con, and they've mm-hmm. got to steal a game from. 
Wisconsin, Iowa, or Nebraska, the latter two on the road. Not, yeah, that's not fun. Not, not fun. Uh, yeah, I think under – like, here's the thing. I I wasn't crazy high on him. I thought I, I, I thought kind of the NFL draft folks who decided that Aiden O'Connell <laughs> was their guy was a, a bit much projecting forward because, like, I just – like, I thought he was, like, a good co- – like, a – a good college quarterback, but like, I didn't see NFL traits a ton. Yeah. But he was a good college quarterback and now they have to replace that. And you don't get a ton. Like you're not guaranteed to just replace a guy when you're Mm -hmm. Purdue. Right. Like that's the tough thing for these, these teams that have somebody come through who is as good as he was. And he also had games where he wasn't great, but when you have somebody like that and you lose him and he's been kind of the, the glue for that offense for a little bit, like that's really hard. Yeah, and so. they lost Char- lost Charlie Jones as well. So they're yeah. uh, and I believe they also lost their uh, top tight end Payne Durham. If yeah, lost their top tight end Payne Durham. And then the other thing, they Ryan Walters, their new coach, defense, defense, defense uh-huh. guy, replacing Jeff Brom, offense, offense, offense guy. Just a, a lot of that's things. How it goes. Working, a lot of things are working against them. Go under there. Moving on, the birthplace of college football, the mighty. Rutgers Scarlet Knights they're at four wins Robbie and I must have a fever or something because I'm inclined to take the over here I just think Graciano is really good at putting his teams in situations to annoy teams I think Mm -hmm. their non-conference is not especially good they get Northwestern to start the season Northwestern Temple Virginia Tech at Michigan Wagner to start the year like they could very easily be four and one entering the back half of their schedule where they just have to win one game with the two worst teams on that schedule, Michigan state and Maryland going to the birthplace. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like the home schedule. This is what we were talking about right earlier with, with like Indiana and stuff is like you get the teams you're, you're having like a possibility of beating, you get them at home. That's what you want when you're one of these teams that's just trying to make a bowl game possibly. Like mm-hmm. getting the home slate of Northwestern, Maryland, and Michigan State is great for them. Like they would much rather have that than getting Penn State and Iowa and Wisconsin at home. You know, getting those three on the road, you're going to lose those anyway, ninety nine percent of the time. Might as, might as well take your licks on the road exactly. and have a shot to win some games at home. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a push with a lean over. I know I don't think I quite feel as strongly about the Shiano men as you, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's the, the, the funniest possible outcome here is definitely Ohio state loses to Penn state following week. They go to camp Randall and then the weekend after that, they go to the birthplace. And next thing you know, it's the third quarter of that game and Ohio state is up 16 to 14 and it's always possible what happens. At. Always a possibility. I'm always I'm actively always a possibility when you walk into the birthplace <laughs> where they have where they have hot tubs. <laughs> oh God, we we shouldn't have let New Jersey have college football. Uh, final team that we will be discussing today: the mighty Wisconsin Badgers, a team we've alluded to a few times on this pod because, like, they're legitimately a fascinating team. Their numbers at eight and a half, Robbie. And I, I think you're going over here and I am also inclined to take the over. Yeah, man, I'm fascinated by this team. Mm-hmm. Um, non-con is super weird. They go to Georgia Southern who schedule. No, 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 no. They, 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 go, a, is, they, they got Georgia Southern at home. They go to Pullman. Okay. They go to Pullman. Okay. That makes more sense. I was like, sure. who sent them to Statesboro? I've been to Statesboro. <laughs> this is a terrible place. All right. Let me tell you, this is a Georgia State alone. Don't ever go to Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, that is a terrible place. You should never go there. Uh, Georgia Southern should be condemned and closed. Anyway, uh, yeah, Buffalo, Washington State, Georgia Southern, Wazoo, Wazoo is still like not great right now. Weird mm-hmm. game always when you have to go out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Floyd will be drunk on fireball yelling at you, but uh, shouts to Brian Floyd. But yeah, 4, 4, I mean, 30, like four thirty p.m. kick at least, so it's not like there's going to be one of those games. There you go. So it's a kicking of off day. a t- yeah. Love that. Um, yeah, I mean, they get they get Ohio State at home, 
that's not a guaranteed loss, but probably a loss. And then, I don't know, where do you see four losses on this schedule? Yeah, Well, that's the thing. It's very possible they are undefeated going into that Ohio State game, which means they've knocked off seven of the eight and a half wins they need to get with at Indiana, Northwestern, it. Nebraska, at Minnesota to wrap up their season. Even, yeah, like, I, just, I just don't see, yeah. like, maybe they lose two, like, maybe you lose at Illinois, but, like, mm-hmm. at Purdue. I, we are we don't like Purdue, so like I don't have them losing yeah. Purdue. It's it's possible that Iowa. It's possible that Iowa at Illinois, Ohio State stretch is not fun for them. But I'm even sure if that stretch yeah. is not fun for them, and they lose all three of those games, they would still need to lose another game for the under to hit here. And like, I guess we're gonna I find bo- out how important Jim yeah. Leonard is to that defense because like yeah. Luke Fickle should be able to pick up right where he left off, right? Mm-hmm. But like. There was a reason Jim Leonard was like ranked basically by everybody as the top defensive coordinator in the country. Yeah. Um, and we are going to find out exactly why and exactly kind of if there's a gap there because they were filthy for years. And I'm also interested to see how I think the most interesting thing about Wisconsin is when you add a Phil Longo offense, what does that detract from your defense in terms of being on the field more? Yes. So I'm interested, like they have been, like you said, berry ball, ball control, run the ball. It's part of what makes you a great defense. If there's more three and outs, just because you're going to be higher variance throwing the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? I do think they will run the ball more than some of the long go teams we've seen. Cause like he does kind of just go with whatever the strength is. And I think right now that's still going to probably be running the ball, but it'll be a a more of a spread run Mm -hmm. look. But still, they're going to throw the ball more than they have, and that just brings your defense on the field more often. I am interested to see how that goes. I think it's fascinating, but I do still think they're a 9-10 to 10 win team. Yeah, and Braylon Allen, one of the best running backs in college football. And when you talk about them throwing the football, I think because it's Wisconsin, there's just like the implication mm. that they're going to be throwing the football with some hapless guy, you know, with – a guy like Graham Mertz, a guy like Alex Hornibrook, a guy like Go, Go Jack, a guy like Jack. Oh yeah. He is the, he is, he is the Gators. Like, one. It's that kind of guy. And they yeah. brought in, in Tanner Mordecai, one of the best throwers of the football in college football. So and I, the guy like, who's run a similar offense. Exactly. So like, exactly. he's not going to have the issue. Tr- like, can you imagine if Graham Mertz had to pick up, like that, that long go offense, like that could be a problem, but they're bringing in a guy who can orchestrate that. I would, I would like to see that. Yes. But yeah. Anyway, uh, overall Wisconsin. I'm inclined to agree. I think they're going to be a, they're going to be a good team this year. And I think they're going to be a fascinating team to watch just because like their head coach got Cincinnati to the college football playoff. Like they're obviously going to, they're going to be a very good team in the next couple of years. And I think the first year is going to be a lot better than a lot of, than a lot of first years end up being. Uh, Robbie, I think it's time. Any final bets anywhere in the world of college football that you are a fan of? I don't really have a lot on the win totals. I'll be, I'll be honest. I haven't, I spent much more time diving in for this pod uh, than, I, yeah. than I have anywhere else. Uh, but I can give the people just my hideous week zero slate. Why not? Because um, everybody, everybody loves that. We've got... Uh, we're laying it with New Mexico State against UMass. Should a better, just a better football team. I think it, 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 try to find six and a half if you can. Uh, I got Notre Dame first half against Navy out there in Ireland. I already gave out Gamecocks. Got to be, got to be on it. Uh, Ohio at San Diego State. Mm. Book it. Uh, they're going to carve up that defense. Not not the San Diego State that you remember from a couple years ago. Uh, and then every Vanderbilt number under the sun. <laughs> first half, full game, first quarter, everything. Uh, and then I got a, a rare over in Ruston Ooh. between FIU and La Tech. Uh, those two scored 62 last year. Not a lot of defense going to get played. And uh, La Tech looking for a little revenge after a bad loss in Fort Lauderdale. I I am giving out the under in Ohio against San Diego State 
just because yes, San Diego state is not San Diego state of the past. Ohio's quarterback also tore his ACL like nine months ago and hasn't had an off season. So I'm giving out that in a game that is going to be fun, but gross. I'm Navy plus 20. We are, we all believe in the midshipman's ability to, I don't, uh, I, I, don't. I do in large Brother, part this because is, this is, this is a bad, this, I, I, Navy's just been bad for like too many years for me to trust this. I know I, they kept I, it close last year. I just can't do it. That's, and that's I'm, reasonable. Listen, I am a, especially cause like we're getting out of the triple now. We're like, we're like them and army are both like trying to pass the ball more. I don't like that. I think it's very easy to say that. And then you actually get to uh, like practice and whatnot. And you go, Oh wait, these boys can't throw the football to save their lives in our offense. Every offensive lineman we have is five eleven and 225 pounds. So I, I'm, I am skeptical of that, but I also, that also would probably end up being wrong. Uh, and then I think USC is going to score 42 points in the first half against San Jose state and then put their fourth stringers in. And I am giving out the under in that one. Uh, I have uh, I have the oh I, I have San Jose State plus thirty one. There we go for the same uh, reason. And but take USC first half, San yes, Jose State yes. plus the full game. Yes, we are. That Caleb is, uh, get Caleb Williams has five touchdowns and three hundred mm-hmm. yards, and then he's out of there. Yes, and then USC will play a real team and lose. Uh, I think that's it for this edition of the podcast. Robbie, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can read me on Uprox. You can follow me at our calendar on Twitter and. Uh, you can listen to the podcast if you, if you dare. Uh, Crypto Callen is uh, Crypto Callen very, is in the building, very, very um, strongly out here. That was just that was just my my alter ego making fun of Miami boosters. Ah, <laughs> oh, God! And if we can't make fun of Miami boosters, truly, what do we even have anymore? What can in the world of college football? Thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Roar Lions. Roar, as always, make sure you're subscribing wherever you go and get your podcast. If you use Apple Podcasts, please go leave us a five-star review. If you're on YouTube, watching this on YouTube, hop into the comments. Tell us uh, why we're wrong about things. Just please make sure you are nice while you do it because YouTube doesn't like when people are mean, and neither do I. Please make sure you're following us on Twitter over at RLR Blog. And, of course, uh, thank you again to Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code RLR23 for 15% off of your first order if you are a new customer. One last time, thank you everyone for listening to this edition of Roar Lions Roar. I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone.